Welcome back to the Pit Stop Podcast. I'm Brandon Coleman. I'm joined by my brother, Jordan, and we have a very special guest with us today, Tyler Walzak. Tyler, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, guys. I'm, uh, I'm a nervous, excited, and uh, can't wait to start talking F1. Tyler, I hear a, a huge F1 and sports fan. Would you say you're more of a gearhead or a wing, a wing nut? <laughs> I guess I would go ge- uh, gearhead. <laughs> I'm oh, not how sure long, the difference is. How long, <laughs> I don't think anybody does. How long have you been following F1 for? Um, so, I, actually, I was a late uh, comer. I started with, uh, like, basically COVID happened, and I started getting into Survive to Drive. Now, I grew up a NASCAR fan. Like, I, okay. I was always a NASCAR guy. Um, I went to a, a race in Michigan, and then I, I've been out of that. I haven't watched that in, oh, goodness, 15, 15 years or so, 20 years. But uh, once I started getting to Drive to Survive, which is a brilliant idea by both F1 and Netflix, because they're getting so many more viewers viewership now. Uh, yeah, I started watching that, and then I started uh, tuning into the um, the races on Sundays and the qualifying and, and all that stuff. Right on, right on. Well, uh, Jordan, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm so excited for this. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's do it. This is awesome. Right on. So yeah, our apologies to uh, our apologies to all of the pit stop fans for our absence over the last few weeks, but we are back and we have some very exciting races to recap, some F1 news to set up as we're heading into the final race weekend, F1 season in Abu Dhabi. So let's get into it. What an absolutely ridiculous race last weekend in Saudi Arabia. We had so many virtual cautions two red flags and a back and forth battle between the two fat, the two of the fastest racers in the world. Um, Jordan, what were your, what were your initial takeaways from the Saudi Arabian Grand Prix? Yeah, dude, it was insane. I, I texted both of you at both, both uh, different times during the day. Cause I know both of you like me are PVR watchers of this sport most of the time. And <laughs> I was like, when are you going to watch this race? When are you going to watch this race? Cause I just was so excited. Uh, I think I watched it like midday and then I rewatched part of it in the afternoon or like in the evening. Cause I was just so it was just, it's awesome. Like, uh, like Tyler said off the top, like I kind of came into this sport a little late too. I, I caught the first season of Drive to Survive, I think a little bit earlier than some people did. And I had a buddy um, who was a big F1 fan. So like he and I would talk about it, but it was still kind of a thing. Like I didn't really know anybody else watching it. I'm going to tell you like the way this season has gone for all those people who came late to it, like COVID, this is like the greatest season F1 could possibly have asked for. If you've, if you're new to F1, the drama of this, like they must think it's been like this forever. And it has not for the last seven years. It's just been Mercedes from like race three till the end they're winning. But this is, it's so exciting. Every second of that race, I was on the edge of my seat. I kept thinking it couldn't get any crazier. It kept doing it. I was like screaming at the TV. Like it was insane. And now going into this next race, and I know we're going to talk about that in a second, but like this feels like the Super Bowl. This is like the biggest mm-hmm. sporting event I have looked forward to in so long. Yeah. So no, last race last race was off the chain. It was crazy. Uh, it definitely helps that we've got, uh, that we're heading into the next race, final race tied for uh, championship points. Um I don't think anybody thought that this was going to happen after what qualifying looked like. Um, Tyler, what were your thoughts? I, I, like Jordan said, it's, if you've just got into F1 and uh, you're watching this actual race season and these races go by, you'd think that this is like, this must be crazy, but I actually enjoyed the fact that we've watched, we've all watched for Stappen come up and we know Mm -hmm. this guy has been coming and he's been chasing. He just can't get there. He just can't get there. This year, at the beginning of the season, I said this will be the closest they've ever been. I think Hamilton will, uh, like at the beginning of the season, I said I think Hamilton will win it again. 
and then Verst then that'll be it. Then it'll be Verstappen's future for the next ten years. But uh, but I didn't think it would be this close. We're tied. We're tied. It's insane. And that race was from the first three laps. I think is when they got the first caution. Um, my first instinct was I was a little upset because I don't know why it was a it was a safety car the first time and Lewis pitted on the first lap of the safety car and it was a turn I think it was turn 20 turn 20 the one that they've been having problems with in F, uh, the F2 race that same weekend every turn 20 incident was a red uh, red car red stoppage of the race so it was weird that Lewis went in and then it took them three laps on the safety car to then call that red that red flag I to me I don't know if that's fair, because you got to think after two laps, oh, they're just going to clean it up. And then Verstappen got that free tire change on that red. And I was like, this is, does not bode well for the rest of uh, Hamilton's race. Then it just got crazier and crazier and crazier. Yeah. No, that, yeah. Both Mercedes pitted. And it was like, at the time, the commentator was like, oh, this is a free pit. This will be great. I don't think anyone other than Red Bull clearly thought it was going to be red. But as you said, they should have. Like, there was yeah. evidence that when that barrier was impacted in previous races of, like, the support series, they were they, that's what they were doing. So it seemed like Red Bull either just gambled a little bit on that or really did kind of play an edge that they felt they had, and they got lucky. And as, as we came out of that, I agree with Tyler. It was like I was so expecting that track position was going to be the def deciding thing. I mean, obviously – and Braden brought this up. Like we've, we've kind of neglected doing a couple of these most recent races foolishly because they've been so exciting. But when you go back to like Brazil and you think about what Hamilton had to do to come all the way back from 10 to win that race, this race just felt different. Like it felt like Verstappen, if he got to the lead was just not going to let Hamilton through and he almost didn't. But the point being <laughs> at that moment, I was like, Oh man, F1 is screwed Mercedes on this. Like this is just, it, it, of course, Everyone, you know, if you're a Mercedes fan, you always think F1 is out to get you because you're like the Yankees or you're like the Patriots. It's like, you know, you're the you're the big bad guy. The truth is, it's like the, uh, you should have seen something happening. And Red Bull just Red Bull either got lucky or they played something. But yeah, no, right off the gate, like that's ten laps in, and already we're up to up to our next in drama. It's so funny yeah. too. You watch like the last probably 20 25 laps i would have sworn there was no one else on the racetrack just because of the, you know they were just watching that race the entire time it, yeah. just, it i mean and that's that's what it is come down to now but i do feel bad for a few of those guys who you know they they had some pretty stellar performances it's just it's not where the focus is at this point in the season no and and on one of those restarts right it, or i guess it was the first restart is where we had sort of the the next piece of drama with verstappen overtaking hamilton on the outside like going way out of the uh, out of the track there to go, come around and it opened the door for ocon to also come through who's had an amazing season kind of quietly for alpine i mean obviously he won a race and he's done pretty well but that's another one of like again, just taking a second to go like wide frame here with this whole season, we've seen a lot of these younger drivers step up and really have big moments. And like the future is so exciting for this sport, even with like, with the shuffles, we'll talk about with Russell and guys moving, but like Norris has had a great year. O'Connor's had a great year. You, you you're getting to start to see like there's potential. I mean, obviously Gasly was good, has been good for a little while, but like there's potential in his teammate in Sonoda. They, like it's exciting to see these young guys. And for a little moment there, it looked like Ocon had just been handed like the golden ticket. You know what I mean? It was like on that restart. Can you imagine what was going through his head as they all lined back up for the second restart after the red flag the second time? Like, oh my God, yeah, I've got so the two championship guys up my ass. So you say that. And then uh, my, what I want to know is how Bottas, who's in his penultimate race with with uh, Mercedes before heading off to Alfa Romeo, how the hell did he finish on the podium? 
He well, that was also hundredth of a second past O'Connor. Oh, yeah. like, crazy. And that furthers Braid, and that furthers your point of the the coverage was all about Verstappen and Lewis, and and we had this. Botas was, I think it was like 10 laps. He had to pass Ricardo and that was like a three lap race. And then he was chasing down Ocon and you're watching it on the side and you're like, he, he's going to catch Ocon. But all that they're talking about is, is Verstappen and Hamilton, which makes sense. Yeah. But there was, there was so many times where there was other races going on yeah. when we were just watching Lewis do the last 10 laps, yeah. hoping yeah. nothing's going to go wrong. Yeah. And getting, so you know, like, and getting fastest lap with like a broken oh, yeah. front wing. What is that? Well, let's talk yeah. about the broken front wing. Cause so I, I, I want to ask both of you this, like, obviously, you know, we kind of saw it unfold and it's always a little tricky, I think on the telecast because you have the radio calls, which is are amazing. Like no other sport does this the way these guys do, where you get this sort of like momentary inside look at what's going on strategy wise and all these things. But, but there's always a kind of a delay because you know, it's, it's almost censored. It's like F1 has to approve what they're going to broadcast. So there's a, there's like a, it's, it's not quite live, um, but it felt like the time just condensed between when we first heard on the broadcast that Verstappen had been asked to give the spot back after the second illegal overtake. Mm. And then he, did and immediately was run into in the back by Hamilton. And in the moment live, it was like, what the hell are we watching here? And then over time, you know, you got to, we kind of got a little bit more detail onto how just a shit show of miscommunication clearly and, and timing of when those radio calls went out. But like, as much as the drama was on the track, there was so much drama going on in the stewards room and on the, on the, the, the pit walls, you know what I mean? Like that was just as exciting. Yeah, Mike Massey. I think Mike Massey is the race director. The the guy he had a a day. I love his comment. He's like, I can only push one button at a time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, and it's true, right? And and you know that you can see the frustration. And... Like you can understand the frustration from like the engineers and the guys sitting there with those headsets on. Because, I mean, it must just like think about how stressful it is as a fan to watch the sport, especially like I I don't know. I don't want to speak for anybody, but it doesn't feel like any of us are like. Die hard one team or die kind of fans. No, I don't like we know. Kind of... Tyler's wearing a Gasly hat. There. <laughs> yeah, I'm Gasly. But, but you know what I mean? Like, if if you worked for one of these teams, can you imagine yeah. the ulcer you must have when oh, you're sitting goodness. there just trying to get the information you need? Or like you're sitting on that Red Bull wall and you're you're getting basically like offered a free pass on what otherwise would probably have been a penalty from the stewards for the illegal overtake after the, the second restart. And they were basically like, All right, well, here's your chance. You can just start, you can just give the spot up to Ocon and start behind Hamilton in third on the restart. Do you want to do it? And that was as like, I've, I've seen red, red flags where you just sort of sit for three or five or 10 or 25 or an hour waiting for the race to get going. There was as much drama while they were all sitting around as there was most of the race. It was, it was exhilarating. It was freaking awesome. And as Braden said, when I texted him, I cannot wait for what Netflix has for this episode. This is going to be like three episodes. Oh, that's whole season on Netflix is going to be, it's going to win an Emmy. <laughs> yeah, totally. And as y'all said, like they're tied. Then not only they're tied, they're tied with like 0.5s. Like how, yeah. how Hamilton's won three races in a row after basically being written off coming out of well, the fastest lap. You get just one, one just the one extra, lap, yeah. but that's the key so piece. To go back to Brazil. I think that's the turning point on Hamilton's saving his season. Cause to, to make the decision to switch that engine in a race where you know you're going to get disqualified from original qualification, but then know that you can make all that back in the sprint and qualifying yeah. is, and then have like all oh, you went from 20 to fifth in the sprint and then fifth to first. It was, it was that moment was the defining moment in what this last race could be. 
Mm -hmm. To make that decision on that specific race to change your engine and take the penalty is like total wolf. But that was a brilliant decision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 yet, then you have to still execute it, and they did. I mean, yeah. I think there's there, there's two big storylines for me coming out of this season, and and Tyler kind of touched on it at the beginning. Like we, we have. I don't think there's even, I don't think you can really make the argument that Lewis Hamilton and Michael Schumacher are still on the same plane. Like Michael Schumacher and him might be tied with championships, but Lewis Hamilton is the most dominant driver we've ever seen in F1. You go back and watch how these other drivers competed, but just like the sheer dominance of that team with Lewis in front of it, it's just, it's unreal. So you're watching a guy who's at the beginning of the end, obviously, like just age wise, mm -hmm. all those kind of things. He's nearing the end. And then you have this young guy who was, when he came in, when Max Verstappen came into F1, he was the youngest driver ever to drive an F1 car, right? He came in with all this promise and immediately became like the number one guy at a championship team in Red Bull. Oh, yeah. Took over. They have struggled to find him a teammate that can make it work with him. Well, Ricardo was to make supposed to be number one, and then Verstappen you know? just completely And he's them. come yeah. on and on and every season getting a little bit better and a little bit closer and a little bit closer. And it's like the chosen one, this destined destiny born, you know, young guy who's going to win a championship. There's no question that if he stays healthy and, and, and the, you know, everything goes well for him for stopping has everything in place to be a world champion. The question is, will it be now, but you get these two guys in their like prime head to head, at this moment and it looked like Verstappen had him it really did like midway through the season it looked like Red Bull had figured it out and Mercedes started making like un Mercedes like mistakes they were struggling mm. that 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 bolt that got stuck on Bottas's car oh, and it was just goodness. like unforced error after unforced error and you were kind of like maybe it's over maybe it's over and then right at the end right when the drama is getting good Lewis is like no we're going to just take this one race at a time. The wily old veteran does it. And it's like Tom Brady. It's like, fuck, why are you in the Super Bowl again? Yeah. How did this happen? And the best part about this whole, for me anyways, and I, this might be like a wrong opinion, but the Hamilton versus Verstappen, Hamilton's very much beloved in the sport. Verstappen is a villain and he yeah. plays it up. And the, he, yeah. the way he drives is very, very opposite of Hamilton. And mm -hmm. he's just like, whatever, I'm, this is what I'm going to do. This is how yep. you, you have to beat me. Yep. You have to do it yep. dirty. And just to have those, you could have two nice guys and it wouldn't be as good, but to have two guys that hate each other, like on the track and play the roles that they're supposed to play. It's mm -hmm. like, it's scripted. Like this whole yeah. season. Mm -hmm. been scripted. Oh yeah. And then, mm -hmm. and then beyond the track, the constructors and the presidents of those organizations and Christian Horner, who is also a villain and Toto Wolf, yeah. Wolf, who is the, you know, he's the top dog there and that rivalry as well. It just plays in so well. Uh, I think leading in. Have you ever seen two more like passive aggressive <laughs> managers or business people in sports? Do you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I guess Bill <laughs> Belichick is the only other passive aggressive one yeah, yeah. at this level, but like both of them, when they get on the mic, they never say it directly. Like they never kind of blast the other person straight up. There's always this slight attempt mm -hmm. at like, gentlemanliness and yet there's so much venom in both of them yeah. it's like i just want to sit the two of them down in a room and see what happens because it's so imagine I, that they, dinner conversation oh my god or interview it will happen and yet it such polar yeah. different people right like mm -hmm. like you said Braden, but or uh wolf has this sort of like arrogance to him which fits because again they've dominated right and christian horner is just this little weasel i love oh, it yeah. it's great oh, yeah. and 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 you know i'll go back to it again tyler was so right when he said at the beginning this sport has benefited, I think, more from what Netflix 
did with them than yeah. I can think of any other sport oh, yeah. doing. Like, you know, you've mm-hmm. got hard knocks in the NFL, you've got whatever else, but the people who watch those shows were already NFL fans. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, they right. already were invested in whatever team got, got the season of hard knocks. Cause that's what happens. This was, yeah. this literally, I think, woke people up to one of the greatest sports the world's had like for and it's been sort of the secret in north america nobody yeah, yeah. really it's an incredible like, globalization and, and becoming totally. more accessible for fans and hopefully more fans as we've seen with other sports like the raptors in canada and their success we're starting to see the program build right so That's i'm right, hoping yeah. that we're going to see a lot more north american uh race car drivers but also teams coming through and races right we've got miami coming but i wouldn't be surprised if in the next couple of years you see one or two more come up on the north american calendar whether it's the second one in canada mm-hmm. I'd, I'd take a race in vancouver we got the e-series well, yeah. coming but yeah they could put a race in la they could put a race in miami because they're just yep. they got rid of austin to get miami right that's right so yeah. they could just they, maybe if they see the success of miami they'll just go well, let's bring austin back as well yeah, exactly. Um, and get it over here because if, if people start watching it in, in North America, that's the that's an easy crowd to get people hooked on things. Mm-hmm. Totally. Totally. Uh and and just I'll just throw one more thing out there before we we end the recap part of this. So obviously coming out of this race, we had the, the two top drivers tied up at six the 369.5, but also like Mercedes basically won the constructors last week. Like the Red Bull would basically need both of those Mercedes drivers to not score points to be able to, to catch them at this point. It's 587.5 to 559.5. And Ferrari's pretty much locked up third place. So, you know, the less prestigious championships. Perez Perez for that statistic, because they weren't able to find a guy that could drive that Red Bull car is evidently extremely hard to drive. And Because yeah. Gasly couldn't, Gasly couldn't figure it out. Albon came in shortly, couldn't figure it out, and they put Perez in there and just like, all right, let's just let the vet do it. And yeah. he's Fair done enough. better. He he's not as good as he should have been. He's had some bad luck, um, like even last race. But yeah. uh, but he's yeah, he's the old, he is a big reason as to why they're up in that constructor standing. Yeah. Well, and if you think about it, they asked him the the task he really had was he only had to be as good as Bottas and Bottas mm-hmm. had struggled at parts during this year. So from that mm-hmm. perspective, I think Perez has given Red Bull exactly what they wanted. Obviously they would love more from him. And I think with one more year under his belt next year, like watch out, Red Bull is going to be even better next year with that faster car. Yeah. They've got their own engine that they're developing themselves, yeah, they're, right? They're, they're leaving behind the Honda. the Honda engine. Like Red Bull's got some, so like don't don't sleep on. And look, guys, know. like we're we're almost talking like it's over. This this seriously could go either way. Like Verstappen might be world champion on Monday morning. Yeah, and the the thing that is the most I don't know if you guys want to get into like this weekend's race yet, but Verstappen doesn't need to finish doesn't need to finish the race. If yeah, Hamilton exactly. doesn't finish the race, Verstappen wins. If they both crash. Verstappen wins because he's won more races and that leads like I don't think I there's no world where Verstappen tries to crash with Hamilton on purpose but he can go into those corners harder and stick his elbows out because he knows Lewis has to finish the race I don't have to finish the race if it's him and me going into corners I can be me I can take like the inside lane and take it hard and just go into it and not worry about the consequences whereas Lewis will have to back out yeah Mm -hmm. like Lewis Mm -hmm. will have to back off and go Oh, I got to wait for like a DRS zone or something. Whereas Verstappen can say, taking every corner hard, you want to take me, you want to take us both out, go for it. I win. So yeah. that's like, I'll pull my brakes again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll check, check my brakes again. So, and that's the way he drives. So he can lean into it. He can yeah. lean into that. It's just scary and exciting. That's awesome. Any last thoughts here on the, on the last race there? I mean, it was crazy. I, 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 
it'll go down as one of the more sort of, I think, eventful and dramatic races I've ever seen and probably um, for most fans of the sport. And again, coming off another great race in Brazil, coming off another great race in New Mexico, yeah, coming off yeah. a really cool race in Austin, like what a hell of a finish we've had. And, uh, and we've been kind of spoiled with that, but yeah, no, now, it was awesome. Did, did you guys like that track on the, the, the um, Saudi Arabia track? Did you, cause there's a lot of people complaining about it. Um, like just around sports and some articles, but, but I love that track. I thought it was I thought great it was good too. Yeah. I thought it was good. Yeah. I mean, there were some really, really narrow sections. I loved the turns. I love, a, I don't know who doesn't love a night race. But that's always fun. The track yeah. looked really nice um saudi arabia itself has uh, some severe issues that probably made it difficult for some people to be there but uh i i, I did like it yeah it, and they said it was yeah. supposed to be one of the fastest tracks as well like it, just <laughs> yeah. in terms yeah, of thought it would be one of the shortest irony by being, time that didn't happen yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think i think uh just to that one i think what's hard is like every time a track kind of comes around the very first time there's always people who complain about it i think like we have to see a couple races on it to see if it actually has the flaws that this race sort of exposed that like, like uh, Tyler said, what was it like turn 20 turn or something? 20. Yeah. Turn 20. Like, the that may or may not be something they can kind of like figure out and adjust over time. You know what I yeah. mean? But I like it. I think it's cool. It's tight. Um, I was listening on another podcast. They had Kimi Raikkonen on to talk about the end of his career, which we'll talk about in a minute, but they were asking him how he felt driving on like these kind of street tracks like Monaco or, 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 or this, or, and he was like, you know, it doesn't feel any faster as a driver, but it definitely feels tighter. You know, like you have yeah. to make so much more. There's just so many things going in your head. The thing I will say that was like really, I don't know if it was, well, it was exciting as a fan, but it, it almost made me feel a little uncomfortable. There was a couple of those sections of that track where like a guy would leave your sight of like your, your sight of you around a corner and you wouldn't see him again until you made that corner. And if there was one or two incidents where like, if there was a contact or a crash or something, you're coming into that blind and that we could see something bad out of that. Well, Mazepin took out Russell coming around that corner. That's right. Yeah. There was the accident. Mazepin came and I, I mean, it's Mazepin. So who knows? He, <laughs> even if he saw him, he probably still would have did it, but he took out, he went right into the back of Russell yeah, uh, yeah. when he came around that corner. Uh, but I like the track as well. And I love that first, uh, first and second chicane coming off that straightaways that those turns were every single time exciting. Yeah, totally. Nice. Nice. Okay. Let's leave that there. The ordinary podcasting network is excited to announce that we have launched a merch store on our website. The store is full of ordinary swag, including t-shirts, hoodies, and hats. You can pick out something awesome and support your favorite podcast today by heading over to ordinarypodcasts.com. Mm-hmm. We've got a very exciting world championship coming up this weekend. The Yaz Marina Circuit in Abu Dhabi, not since 1974. The top two drivers were tied in points heading into the final race. Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen tied at 369.5 apiece. I imagine, Tyler, you have very high expectations of this race. Oh, this I this is one. It's going to be at 5 a.m. on Sunday morning here, <laughs> and then my alarm will be set at 4:30, just so I can get up, make a coffee, and and get that right groove in the couch for this one. I this is a can't miss. You can't have this race spoiled for you. It's going to be exciting. I'm I'm like giddy thinking about it right now. It's only Wednesday. What do you want to happen? Uh, I want them both to finish. Okay, is what I want. Mm-hmm. I want them both to finish and. I, I just like, 
part of me wants them both to like actually crash on that last corner and get out of the cars and run the <laughs> but, uh, on fire but i just oh man yeah, i just <laughs> i just want them to finish and i i because i know hamilton has to be the safer driver and he is a safe driver verstappen ha- is gonna be that guy that has nothing to lose and he always drives like that so it's gonna be exciting i just hope that they both finish um or else it will, we're all going to feel cheated if that doesn't happen we're all going to mm. feel a little bit cheated um and there's some like there's some other uh races come like not other races but other um big things happening in this race like leclerc norris and signs are all like within eight points of each other for fifth mm-hmm. place so those three guys are they got a lot to uh, race for as well so it's a big weekend jordan yeah. No, a hundred percent. Like Tyler said, like, um, the alarm's already set. Like, I'm so excited for it. I, like I said, I, for me, I haven't been this excited about a sporting event, uh, in a long time. Like no team I ever cheer for makes the finals, you know, like maybe the last <laughs> one was the, the Raptors, but like, for me, this is game seven of the world series of the Stanley Cup finals of this is the super bowl. Like it's everything, right. This, this mm. feels so exciting. Um, and what's crazy, I think coming out of how last week went i i come into this with so much higher expectation for the unexpected than i have in a long time you know there was a long time when i first started watching this maybe a year two years ago where i would sit down and be like yeah lewis will probably win unless something happens this is the complete opposite it's like i have no idea who's gonna win i know who i want to win in my heart yeah i i also am just i like tyler said i want them both to finish I'm expecting drama. I have no idea what to expect. I'll have a clean pair of like underwear in the other room. Cause this race could be really, really stressful, but either way, it's just going to be, it's going to be so much fun. And Braden, this is another night race, right? I, th- I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Most yeah, of the still on that side of the are... world, Abu Dhabi. Yeah. It looks like a pretty sweet, sweet track as well. Um, yeah. It's actually interesting. So if I jump in here for a second on the track, so anyone who's familiar with, the Abu Dhabi track it is uh, we've seen it a few different uh, times and it they've slightly reconfigured it so it, it actually to these guys is kind of like a new track mm-hmm. um, they haven't um, they haven't raced in this configuration in F1 before so be- uh, to say it's a new track is unfair but it's a little bit different than what what, what we've seen before um, so that could that could play into some some different strategy and some some different things for different teams because it, you know just like the last couple races we've seen these are new places these are new it's a new setup let's let me put it that way um, and we'll see what happens we've We've also had, I think, a couple races in a row. I feel like last race was a one. It was one stop, wasn't it? So it'll be interesting to see what the what the tire strategy comes up here too, because like that could make or break a race too. And it hasn't been a factor in the last couple races, right? Like pit stops haven't been a factor. Every team's had pretty clean pit stops. The the two Red Bull and Mercedes had a clean pit stops, I should say. And they've mostly been on the same strategies, a little undercutting here, a little undercutting there. Looked like it was going to be a problem last week with the with the red with the red flag it wasn't it ended up not mattering um mm-hmm. but that could be a factor here for sure um it's a counter counter or an anti-clockwise track counterclockwise with two good drs zones kind of right after each other too so you've got that like first major straight straight away from five to six and then a nice tight hairpin into six and seven and then another drs zone on kind of a banked corner through all the way through eight to nine so there's going to be some fast overtaking some opportunities for for guys to make up a couple positions but I think, I mean, I expect Lewis and Verstappen to be one, two, or one, two, and three. Like they're going to be somewhere in the top coming out of qualifying. Those cars are so fast. Um, it'll be interesting to see if Bottas or, or Perez has anything to say about how the, the grid lines up. But 
I, I don't know. I think from start to finish, I wouldn't expect uh, to be watching many of the mid table guys like we did last week. I think this is going to be pretty much locked on ISO at the front of the race. That was dramatic last week too. We didn't even talk about qualifying last week and how Verstappen was on the flying lap of all flying laps at the end there. He, he would have had pole position and crashed. It. Right. Yeah. So uh, going into this race, these two cars, I mean, they're as tight as we've seen two cars uh, in yeah. a very long time. It's just, it just comes down now to operation. Yeah. Yeah. And you're the, I think the change in the tracks so are like, they took out the chicane in turn five and six, which That's leads right, yeah. to a faster first sector. Um, which helps Mercedes. If you look at the cars, Mercedes does much better when it's a faster track. And like the, the last race, you could tell them there was so many turns in that first sector that Red Bull was like, they're gaining 400, uh, 400th of a second. And then sectors two and three was when it was almost flat out and Lewis was just catching up, catching up, catching up. So yeah. to get rid of that chicane in the first sector of this race, it's going to benefit Mercedes. And then they got rid of three turns and made them one big turn which you'll be able to go faster at. And then uh, the last turn, the 20th turn as well, they changed and then you could be almost flat out in that as well. So it's, it benefits Mercedes, those changes this year. And last year Verstappen won this race. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and I would also say, look out for, laps, isn't it? Uh, yeah, 58 laps and look out for, for turn one too. Cause this is another one of those tracks where you come off the starting grid in a straight line, you know, hard into a, into a left turn. And that first corner is where there's going to be a lot of drama. If we get any extra restarts like we have before, because those guys are going to be flooring it to that corner. And if any one of them, like, like Tyler said, like Verstappen has the, the slight advantage of being able to play into the style of driving he already likes to do, which is a little late on the brakes and a little bit too aggressive. Um, but it's worked for him. A lot of times it's worked for him and we'll see what happens here. The, the good thing is, going back to my whole sort of spiel about these two drivers where they are in their careers. Lewis is one of the smartest drivers to ever sit behind a car. It's almost like you just, I imagine everything just slows down for him and he sees things that other guys don't in those situations. And I think he will keep himself He'll keep his nose clean at oh, least no, out of he that first see, start. He didn't see Max no, but he he knows he knows what's at, he knows what's at, at at stake, and I think he'll keep his nose clean at the top of this race at yeah. least. If we get any restarts, we'll see what happens. But so his chances are are pretty high. Obviously, we talked about he's got to finish. But if he wins, does the, does this solidify him as the greatest of all time in this? Without world? question. Yeah, Absolutely, without question. Yeah. I think it he already is. Already. And, yeah, yeah, it's just it's just already. the it's the it's the crowning achievement, right? It's like it's like the non-argument thing. If he doesn't get the the extra win on Schumacher, then you know that older generation of, of fans will always have that to sort of make the argument. But I still yeah. think he's the best of all time. Yeah. It's kind of like Tiger and 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 Nicholas. It's like they're playing they're they're playing two completely different sports at two yeah. completely different generations. And not that Schumacher, you know, they they raced at the same time. Like let's be fair, their careers overlapped. But like the hybrid era has been completely different and the way Lewis is dominated. I mean, the guy's got what, like 102 wins. I think the other thing I would say about this race specifically, this season specifically, if Hamilton wins this, not only is he the greatest of all time because he's won the championship, but he had to win this one. You know, he had to, he had to beat Nico Rosberg. That's the last time a championship was really hard for him where, you know, he had a competitive rival that he really had to to compete with the last couple of years. It's been, it's been pretty easy at Mercedes. Once they got the lead, they held on to it. But this is a this is the hardest I think Lewis has ever had to fight to win, except maybe his first or that one with Nico. This is the hardest I think he would tell you this has been the hardest, and I think he would be the most proud of winning this one. So that would also be be part of it. 
Nice. Uh, I want to make quick mention because I am a huge fan in sports of jerseys and and design. Uh, I am a big fan of what McLaren is announcing here: the change of livery in Abu Dhabi. They have um, it, it's part of a um, a campaign with views, which is like it's a they're they're bringing art and motorsport worlds together. Uh, they say it's in a groundbreaking way by sporting Rabab Tantawi. I'm totally sure I butchered that name, but their artwork. Somebody who hasn't had a, a platform to present oh, cool. their work, and and it's and it's being presented on this car. The last time McLaren had a change in livery, they had great success in Monaco. So I'm hoping that this bodes well for them in the upcoming race. If you haven't seen the pictures of this car and the design around it, oh my gosh, it is stunning. That's cool. It's stunning art um check it out on our social media if uh, if you get a chance three things Kimi Raikkonen's last race George Russell's last race with Williams and Giovinazzi's last race in F1 before he heads off to e-formula which which one of these guys are going to be following in this race if <laughs> yeah if we get a chance I mean obviously they're going to want to pay some attention to Raikkonen that's the first one that jumps out because he's he holds the record for most F1 race starts of all time. The guy is a legend in his own way. He's only won one championship, but he had 341 starts. Like that's insane. Wow. He also I... missed three years in the middle of his career in 2009. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. left F1 and came back in 2012. Like to think that that's 44 races right there. At he left to play baseball, right? <laughs> no, he left. No, he went. He, he could have had a very successful stand-up career, though, because that guy is hilarious. Oh, he is. You know, he, he went and drove rally cars own. and NASCAR when he took his years off. Tyler, it's crazy. Twenty-one wins and a, and a championship for a guy who's been like. I mean, he started in two thousand one. Like he's been there twenty years, mm-hmm. off for two years, like you said, but still, like, and mm-hmm. and one of the greatest characters, and, and one of those guys too. Like all the people want to just throw praise on him and like oh how are you feeling about retirement he's like i don't care i'm done like i just i i'll do yeah. something else like it's so not he's also so like he's the last last formula one champion 2007 for ferrari like that's i thought for some reason i thought Vettel, but he won all of them with red bull um mm-hmm. so i had to fact check myself there but it's also cool that he's started his career with alfa romeo when they're sauber and now he's finishing with alfa romeo i thought that was pretty cool as well mm-hmm. totally yeah and one of those guys who just has like the resume of all resumes. I mean, the only thing I think he probably wishes he had one or two more championships. And if you go back and, you know, I'm not a huge, like I said, you know, I'm pretty new to this sport, but I've enjoyed looking at some of the history and digging into some of it. And you go back and you look at what he was doing with McLaren uh, between 02 and 06. And there was just some like reliability issues or he would have been champion again. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. he was the fastest car. He was the fastest driver. And then the car failed him a couple too many times. You know what I mean? But like, it's one of those things you look back. It's the same thing with Fernando Alonso. You look at these guys who've had these long, long careers and they're still here racing because they are some of the greatest drivers of all time. And it's just cool to see these generations collide. We talked about it with Lewis and Verstappen, but just in general, like the fact that you've got a guy like Giovinazzi, who's been mentored by a guy like Kimi Raikkonen at Alfa Romeo and, and, and Giovinazzi will be back. Like he's a decent driver. Fair, oh, sure. You know I mean? mm-hmm. He's not going to be a superstar like Russell or Norris or one of these guys has the potential to be, but it's just so cool to see these. You don't see that in a lot of sports. You know what I mean? Like where you've only got 20 drivers and there's such a disparity mm-hmm. and such a, a, such a range of, uh, of age and experience. You've got these sort of middle-aged guys <laughs> who are now in their like forties who are still able to compete with these 20 year olds. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, Alonso yeah. had a great resurgence this year, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. He, he came back and went in the right car with that Alpine car. They've been doing extremely well this year. 
they should be yep. super happy about their season. And I also think it's cool that um, Botas is t- taking over Reichen's place. Like the Finn is leaving Alfa Romeo and they're bringing in another Finn. Um, and so it's, it'll be interesting to watch Botas with Merck in his last race too. Cause I think Lewis Hamilton was probably begging for them to keep Botas because mm. when Russell comes up, that George Russell kid doesn't, he's not messing around. That no. guy's going to win and he's yeah. going to be pushing Lewis and there's going to be two or three races where he says, Oh, yo, fuck, I'm winning this race. Like mm-hmm. he can, he can lose one or two. I'm, I came up here to be the guy. So I'm going to be the guy. And it's not going to be like Botas would always be like, oh, okay, sorry. I'll just back up a bit. I'm, I apologize. Um, but I'm, oh, can I finish second? Is second okay? And I don't think George Russell's going to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't think George Russell's going to do that at all, which is going to make it even more exciting. Yeah. And I think that's also why, like, there's a little bit of extra pressure here on Lewis to win this race because we don't know what's next for Mercedes. I mean, no one's suggesting that he's not still going to be competitive and dominant. But the truth is, it's like this is the end of one part of of this experience where you've had this dominant Mercedes team with these two drivers for most of it after Nico Rosberg left. This is the most harmonious we've ever seen Lewis with his number two guy. Bottas is like the ultimate number two, like, like Tyler said, oh, like yeah. he's, he's completely comfortable giving a spot back and making sure that he opens it up for. And the, the only, I don't know, man, that's, that's, not, that's not what drive to survive wanted us to think. <laughs> no, I, and that's good <laughs> editing too, but like you listen to him in interviews and he's such a relaxed guy. Yeah, He's yeah. not, he, he, I think he's, he accepted very early on. I'm driving with the greatest driver of all time. This is the Lewis it's Hamilton Scotty show. Pippen. Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. He's definitely Scotty Pippen. And again, Don't on any Scottie other Pippen team, here. he's the best driver. Unfortunately, yeah. I, I, I think it's cool. He's going out for mail. It is kind of sad to see him step so far down the table. Like he's not going to be very competitive. Well, he, him and him and that Alpine would be awesome. He had another offer. So when he signed his uh, offer with Alfa Romeo, two days later, uh, another car called and said, we'll give you twice as much money if you come with us. He didn't wow. release the name of the team, but the only thing he said was, if you look closely, they're very competitive with just a little bit better than Alfa Romeo. So I looked into the teams and you got like, it's either, it's between Fords, McLaren, Alfa Tori, Alpine, Aston Martin. McLaren had both Ricardo and Norris signed before um, Botas did. Alfa Tori yeah. had Gasly and Sonata signed. Alpine uh, had Alonso and extended Ocon before Botas signed with Alfa Romeo. So that leaves Aston Martin and Vettel didn't sign until 10 days after Botas. So well, and, yeah, and Aston Martin that. had a dismal season, but you know they're looking yeah, to change. And they weren't happy up. with him, so mm-hmm. I no, think that he could have went to Aston still. Martin. Yeah, yeah nobody's been happy with guy. Vettel the last few years. No, well, unfortunately, Vettel's also in that class of of you know he's in the twilight of his career, whether he wants to admit it or not. Unfortunately, what I will say about Sebastian Vettel is one of the greatest ambassadors for the sport, but also just like more and more becoming just such an awesome advocate for the things he cares about. I think that's awesome too, to see, you know what I mean? Um, Just to wrap the Bottas part of this up, he's got um, 10 wins, which seems small at Mercedes to me. When I looked at the stat up, I was like 10 wins, but he's got 67 podiums. So there are a lot of second and third (laughs) steps that man has stood on probably below Lewis most of the time. Oh yeah. How many, the times, times. how many times has he looked up and had to listen to the, uh, you know, God save the queen instead of whatever the Finnish national anthem is. Well, well, that's he, why when... I guarantee he goes from the pit boss saying, let Lewis pass you, let Lewis pass you. So then he has to go hear the anthem every single time. Yeah. It's like within yeah, a exactly. five lap difference. Exactly. Well, uh, Russell um, won't, Russell won't have that problem next time. Yeah, I know. That's right. Same answer. Yeah. yeah. I think <laughs> it will also be interesting, like uh, just to see, 
not that I expect anything out of Williams this race, but I do think that like last race was a pretty emotional time for Williams, obviously, because the passing of Sir Frank Williams right before that race. And I think that now they've also, they're losing their star. The guy that I really has, I think has embraced being a Williams driver in a much better way than we've seen in the last couple of years, you know, like a lot of guys came in and out of that team. Um, but he seemed to at least accept that he knew he was there for a short time. He knew the Mercedes seat was, was his to, to have in a couple of years. And I think he really like, he did a very good job playing the role of, of the happy, you know, soldier for that team. Um, but I think he also genuinely cared about the people in that organization. And, and that goes to it. When I first started watching George Russell in that series, I didn't like him. I thought he was an arrogant prick. And then over yeah, time I, I started watching him more and more. And I was like, you know what? He's just uber competitive. Like that's, I, I was are. misreading all 20 of those guys. Oh yeah. Kimmy Räikkönen yeah. never comes off as a prick though. <laughs> um, but, but they're highly but, competitive. Every single of one of those no, guys, you have even to if be. they're There's sitting P20, 20 the, they want to win. 20 of the most competitive people in the world to get yeah. inside of a literal suicide rocket yeah. every single weekend and try not to die. You have to be incredibly competitive or you wouldn't do it. Yeah. But you're right. Like Williams has grown on a lot of people. I know one girl specifically who has in the last like year and a half, like his biggest fan now. And wow. I mean, part of his credit is he's a good looking guy, but also he's got Williams in eighth place right now in the constructors. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he was on a, he finished on the podium this year for Williams. Now, and mind you, it was like it, a hey? two lap race, but Still, he's though. also been like, if, if you're watching Saturday qualifying, he's been like the most exciting. Mr. Saturday. Yeah. 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 It's, he's had a great year and it's going to be awesome to see him go to Mercedes and Williams. They're after this race on Sunday, they're going to, crack some champagne and then go home and cry yeah because that's this is their guy like this was their guy over the last like five years that's yeah. finally doing something with his car um 16 of their 23 points this year has been him so yeah um yeah the other seven latifi our boy our canadian boy latifi but yeah that's right he i don't but know. i'll see what alex <laughs> albon can do with williams that's, That's right. right. Another guy who does have that pedigree to be something special, I think, put in a very difficult situation at Red Bull when he was there. Unfortunately, yeah. like you're replacing a really good driver in Pierre Gasly, who it didn't work out for. You had some success your first year, and then the second year, like it just went tits up real fast. Like it was bad. Yeah, you know what I mean. And uh, anyway, but in defensive, uh, in defensive Gasly, he's he's turned it on. Like Alphatori is not supposed to be a team that is having success that they are with. Pure gas yeah. behind the wheel, right? So he yeah. finished ahead of both Mercedes, or sorry, both uh, Ferraris last race. He was six there, seven, eight. Like he's consistently beating the Ferrari drivers. And yeah. I could talk about Gasly all night. Gasly's my guy, but he he has been unbelievable. He's on the podium this year. He's like he's he's about to reach the one hundred. Oh, he just did reach the one hundred point barrier. Um, the last race was the first time for him. So then the podium in Baku, and he's just been he's been keeping them close with Alpine all year which was who they're supposed to be racing with this year um and he's just he's always qualifying sixth place it's like he's often been fourth and fifth but he's just that guy's just like, I, I don't know what happened with red bull i guess him and horner didn't really get along yeah um but man that put that guy in like another car with a little more money and he could be he could be three four every sunday yeah yeah and i'm sure we will i'm sure i'm sure i'm sure we'll see the move happen sooner than later uh, for Pierre Gasly yeah. back to the top. Uh, any last thoughts on this upcoming race? It, this is it. We're here. I tell cool. you, man, like I said, I'm so excited. I don't even know what, I mean, I, I'll give you my prediction if you want it, but I honestly well, don't sure. think it's not I, that I want it. I think all uh, everybody listening wants it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think 
Uh, I think we're going to see the world champion drivers. <laughs> I think <laughs> no. we're going to see some race car drivers go real fast. And I think we're going to see the guys who are at the top of the world championship one and two. I honestly think yeah. they're both going to finish. I think it's going to come down to the two of them because they have the fastest cars and it's going to be uh, Lewis on the top step and he will be the greatest of all time. That's what I think will happen. I think that Red Bull is a year away from their championship. I just, it just feels like that. It feels like the way the, the momentum they carried into out of Mexico city into Brazil kind of slipped and then they lost in Qatar and then they lost again. And I think last week shook them. I think the youth of Max Verstappen is showing just a little bit, you know, he is a ruthless, aggressive driver, but he's also an emotional driver. And I think that if Lewis can get out in front of him or, or push him from behind and make it harder for him to sort of just coast, I think he is much more likely to crack than Lewis Hamilton. And I think that that's what this is going to come down to is just the veterans got one more in them. It's like, it's like you, you can't bet against Tom Brady in a Super Bowl. I'm sorry. I'm not betting against Lewis Hamilton when all the chips are on the table. I'm just not, not yet. Nice. Tyler. Yeah. Um, I think I, again, I just hope they both finish. And I think the first two sectors of this race are fast and that's going to benefit Mercedes. Uh, they're, they're better at the top speeds, but the, the problem is that third sector favors Red Bull. And if you don't manage your tires in the first two sectors, especially the rear tires, which Red Bull is way better at managing those rear tires than Mercedes is just based, just because of the, the design of the car. Um, if Lewis Hamilton can manage those tires in the first two sectors to keep them as long as possible in that third sector, I think Hamilton wins. And I think he does do that because he's a smart, smart driver. And I, I just, I, I, I don't want Verstappen to win this year. I, I, the, I just don't like him, but the, I, he's the next big thing. And I just think that I want to see Hamilton win this one because this is the one that he's had earned in the last five. This is the one that he's going to have to earn. So I think track temperatures are going to have a lot to say about this. And I just, I, I think, it, I think they go one, two, and I think it comes down to the end. And I think it's, I don't think it's a five second or six second lead. I think it's a, a one second. One guy is, just needs three more laps just a little maybe yeah. yeah so we might see a little undercut here um something else there but i just hope that i just hope that this race is everything that we've been talking about and i hope that hamilton wins it takes it home um i just think man if that happens if they finish i'm happy yeah but yeah. uh if hamilton finishes on top i'm happier and i just hope and that it doesn't will. come down to Massey's verdict on something, you know, like that, that it can be a full race and that the race itself speaks. Right. So I, I do predict it's going to be one hell of a race. Um, thank you both for joining me, Tyler. Pleasure. Jordan. Course, this you. is awesome. Thank you guys for having me on. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week. We're, we're going to have to recap whatever the heck happens this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you tune in. Uh, you can set your PVRs if you really want to, but uh, <laughs> no, get up for this one, baby. But don't get up for this one. 5 a.m. Yeah. Pacific Standard Time. And uh, <laughs> that's pretty much it. Thanks. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. This has been the Pit Stop Podcast presented by the Ordinary Podcasting Network. We'll see you later. The Pit Stop Podcast is presented by Hattrick Sports and is a member of the Ordinary Podcasting Network. The show is produced by Jordan and Braden Dollar Coltman each week but mainly Jordan. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for listening.
The Ordinary Podcasting Network wishes to acknowledge that the lands on which our conversations take place include Treaty 6 territory, the traditional meeting ground and home for many indigenous peoples, including the Cree, Dene, Soto, Blackfoot, Métis, and the Nakota Sioux peoples, as well as the unceded territories of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. We acknowledge the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit, whose footsteps have marked these lands for generations. And we extend our appreciation for the opportunity to live, create, and share stories on these territories. The Ordinary Podcasting Network intends to engage in conversations and dialogue, which acknowledge that reconciliation is not a destination, but a journey, and that we remain committed to practicing our craft in a decolonized space.